Welcome to Machine Learning. Well, our guest speaker canceled. However, um, I did start looking at looking at uh, um, Bayes search algorithm, Bayesian search algorithm, uh, Bayesian CV. And what it does is it uses a Bayesian algorithm for uh, predicting a curve. So what I wanted to do is do a little bit of forecasting and uh, feed uh, the, the prediction uh, per day into the training algorithm and then uh, have it forecast based on what it's historically learned about uh, the number of occurrences per month. So my frequency is monthly and um, I wanted to, to predict whether or not um, there will be a late payment in the future based on late payment patterns in the past. So it could be, it could be, what I have is the number of invoices and, and uh, number of late payments and then I want to put that into the Bayesian uh, algorithm and predict uh, whether or not in the next uh, next uh, two months or ten months or, or three months probably probably three months next three months if there will be <clears throat> if the trend line will be up or the trend line will be down. And the way I can measure that is just by the slope. If the slope's positive, then I'll say, you know, probability that it uh, will be late. If the slope's negative, the probability it'll be uh, not late. So just by inspection, just using a bar plot, it was interesting. I took two uh, plots and overlaid each other and then uh, look to see if I could predict just visually what I thought might, whether they'd be late or not. And it was really very subtle. I'm not sure I could actually have determined that. Um, if, I, if I knew where the, maybe where the mean was, and then I built, uh, if I built, let's say, a linear line uh, through it using uh, linear regression, I might be able to say, well, the slope is positive, so, yes, they'll be late, or the slope will be negative, so uh, no, they probably won't be late, or it won't be as, as much late. So that those are the type of things I'm thinking about right now. Also, I'm interested in getting a book on machine learning. Uh, I really like DataCamp, but one of the big concerns I have is uh, the degree of usefulness that I've been able to apply to making predictions and I'm, I'm just wondering if uh, if there's you know if I was studying more solutions and uh, studying more approaches better that maybe then I could use datacap to get uh, look for certain things that I'm missing like if I don't know how to do a Bayesian network or I don't know how to do uh, K nearest or K means or uh, PCA, then that would be a great filler because then I could take the course that I have uh, that I'm lacking the skills in. But uh, yeah, you should be practicing uh, your machine learning every day. Get a GitHub and start uh, start coding and making predictions. 
and gather your information into a database and then start uh, start making predictions and see if those predictions are accurate. And the better you get at answering questions from the data, um, the more value you're going to see in the machine learning. It is kind of interesting because I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been able to make the predictions of whether or not a company would be late or not on its payment based on uh, just just intuitive approach. I have to look at the data in order to um, make that assessment. So those are some of the things that uh, that are important because if you just took the overall trend and then you did a curve fit to it, let's say you, you uh, uh, even with the Bayesian, you're using a, a, uh, a parabolic, well, let's say like we did a parabolic trend and uh, you know that's a statistic uh, method for curve fitting. It's not gonna be as accurate. Uh, you know, you could use a, a second order a regressor plot and that could give you kind of an idea of which way the data is and that might be that's what probably what I'll do is I'll put it into a regressor plot and then check to see which way and I'll make it a second order so it's uh, nonlinear and then I'll see which way the uh, the the ranges and the and the prediction that it's it's gonna make um, then what I'll do is I'll create a Bayesian curve plot and then put that in addition to it and then see if the, how the two plots line up. And my guess is that the Bayesian uh, will be pretty close. The curve fit on that, once I train against the data, will be pretty close to uh, the data or the curve plot for the uh, uh, second order linear regressor. Well, these are all real interesting phenomena. You have to be careful uh, because they're, when you're dealing with prediction, because there's a, uh, you could uh, think that you're, you're fairly accurate, your model could be very accurate, but it could still be wrong. In other words, uh, there could be some business element or environmental element that you're unaware of that could uh, significantly change the environment. So one, uh, one uh, that uh, could change the environment is inflation. So the two-year treasury yields and the 10-year treasury yield gap is narrowing. And when that occurs, that means that there's higher demand for two-year loans. And so <clears throat> the, or it could mean that uh, the risk on those two-year loans have gone up. So as the risk has gone up, the yields on those two-year loans go up um, because they're having to pay more money to borrow in the short term from the government. So bonds are an IOU. So they're having to borrow money in the short term and as those short-term demand goes up for money, then uh, the, the spread uh, narrows. And when that uh, occurs, then there's a fear that consumers are running out of money. Well, 
And that's going to make sense because uh, you had COVID and that's had a major impact on consumers. Lots of people have lost jobs because of COVID and, uh, and uh, companies have slowed down. So they're not, uh, they're, they're not producing as much. You have a shortage of labor staff. Robots are kicking in big time. Uh, to fill some of the distribution and production requirements that used to be optional for people. Because le people were actually cheap, cheaper labor than the robots, because robots are very expensive. They're expensive to integrate into your company. Um, they're very reliable, much more reliable than they, they were in the past. Very reliable, lots of uptime. Uh, but they're complicated to install. They're complicated to run the software. And uh, so um, the need for robotics has really surged. I haven't been tracking any of the robot stocks to see how the companies are doing. But uh, there, there has been a, a big growth in the AI world and in the robotics and uh, vision systems and manipulating objects in three-dimensional space. So the robots can now see the world, they can recognize the objects that are around them, and they can manipulate those objects. So that's fantastic. I mean, that's a huge breakthrough in terms of uh, capability. And so with that capability, you can have the robot uh, <coughs> assembling packages, uh, moving packages from one location to another. And they can even be doing complex soldering procedures, assembly procedures, and uh, so forth. So uh, the world of automation is becoming more of a reality. Now, does that translate to cheaper costs? Not necessarily because robots are expensive. And uh, so the prices and the profit margins have to be fairly high in order to have a return on that investment and to pay off those expenses. But is the demand for the automation strong? And I would say, uh, without looking at the data, I wouldn't know, but uh, I, would, I would guess, my hypothesis is that it is uh, strong and, uh, and that uh, uh, automation is uh, in. And I'm definitely from the stuff that I've seen, there's lots of capability um, could a robot deliver packages for FedEx? I don't see a reason why it couldn't, especially if it could, it could walk. The Boston Robotics, which uh, was bought by uh, Hyundai, why couldn't Hyundai build a, um, a robot that could, was bipedal, that could run from the truck to the doorstep? And, uh, and even in the future, why couldn't the robot identify the package to deliver, pick up the package, and then run that to the doorstep, ring the doorbell, run back to the truck? I mean, uh, uh, you would then have uh, you would then have an automated delivery system that was completely robotic. So you have a robotic vehicle drive to the location, then you have a robot run the package to the door bipedaling and uh, some of the work with Boston Dynamics is really amazing because uh, they, sh they showed uh, 
a Boston Dynamic robot walking across a uh, set of blocks. And I would have never predicted that would have been possible. I mean, I could see like a robot trying to cover uh, a terrain area uh, that is uneven, but this thing was walking across blocks and if it, if it missed the block, it would fall over. Um, don't know if the blocks were anchored so that it would, you know, it was stable or if they were unstable blocks and the robot had to detect the, uh, this, the perfect balance so it didn't fall over.